Kia ora, welcome into another edition of The Front Row, the last one before the Rugby World Cup finally gets underway tomorrow. Not that we've been counting down or anything. Uh, I'm Guy Havelt and I'll be leading the Front Row team through the next seven weeks of World Cup action. Our usual host, Kimberly Downs, is over in Japan and we'll hear from her and Scotty Stevenson live or from Tokyo very sh shortly. But first, here with me today are Spark Sport host James Gimmel and former Black Fern Christina Sue. Thanks very much for joining me, guys. Uh, I don't know about you, but it's finally here, and Christina, I can't wait. I can't wait either. We're, I think we all have, have been anticipating this moment, and we can't wait for an opening ceremony, and then obviously the Japan-Russia before the big, the big match against um, South Africa and the All Blacks. Yeah, the big match. We will talk about that a little bit more soon, James, but... Um, just quickly, that, that that could almost be a final, yeah. it, really? Funny that how this, the tournament starts off this way. I mean, we were talking about it yesterday, whether the All Blacks might have preferred to have had a couple of warm-up or, or run-in games before taking on South Africa. But from a tournament perspective, it's brilliant. We're out of the blocks and we're into the, probably the biggest game of the entire pool stages on day two. And as you uh, as you know, it's it's not, you know, life and death necessarily in the opening round. But from this point forward, it will dictate the way that the pools go and, and we could very well see these two teams in a final in seven weeks' time. But it's not the only match that is possibly being treated as a final anyway. France against Argentina, which in that pool sure. uh, could probably will determine who will go through to, to the quarterfinals, Christina. Uh, yes, it will, and and I'm actually a big fan of uh, the Argentinians, and I I know that um, Issa, he, who's on the panel as well, he's a fan of the uh, French, but I think um, Argentina have what it takes to sort of knock over France, and and that'll be another game that we all anticipate and yeah. and so, uh, look forward to those results as well. That's that's England's pool, isn't it? So England yes, will be is, watching yeah. that take, yeah. take you know, unfold, and the expectation is perhaps that England will win the pool, but that's yeah. you know one of those pools where there's more than an obvious two, which is mm. what's great about this World Cup. There's greater depth. There's more teams who can contest it. And we'll of course see England on Sunday night uh, against Tonga, one that you'd probably expect them to win quite easily I would have thought. But there's only one place to start properly this week and that's with the All Blacks as they build up to their clash with the Springboks on Saturday night. And the injury scare that wasn't for Sonny Bill Williams, a strange old story this one. Here's assistant coach Ian Foster on that. Is he going home? No. Is he available for selection based on his progression last week? Then I think the answer is yes. And... He's trained really well. We live in a world where uh, a lot of people can say whatever they like on a on a tweet or whatever it's called nowadays, and it seems to grab everyone's attention. But um, I think the key lesson is it doesn't mean it's right. Yeah, it seems anything with Sonny Bill Williams just just explodes and takes off into this massive story. I suspect he'll start to, uh, on Saturday. Saturday, James. What do, what do you reckon? Yeah, well, the team's named in the in the fairly imminent yeah. future, but at this point in time, we don't know. We were, we were talking about the midfield. One of the things about the All Blacks is there are a few areas of uncertainty, the midfield being one of them, but they've persisted with Sonny Bill. They've played him back into fitness and into form, and as, if Ian Foster's to be believed, he is fit and he's good to go, and it's a question of perhaps who he's alongside, isn't it, mm -hmm. Christina? Is it Jack Goodhue? Is it Anton Leonard-Brown? Where does Crotty fit into this? Yeah. All of the points that we can, we can discuss and debate, I guess. Yeah, that's going to be the talking point as, as well as whether Ryan Crotty is, is on starting with him. I think Anton Leonard-Brown has, has been in good form and he shows consistency. Uh, so, but then get Jack Goodhue as well. Like he, He's an excellent player. and So, I mean, the good thing about the All Blacks is they have the crop to pick from. Sure. In a great position. It seems like we've been debating 
that <laughs> midfield yeah. over here anyway for, for, for months almost, just yeah. trying to figure out who that top four is and, and in that midfield, I should say. And, and then you throw in all the speculation around Sonny Bill Williams. It's not the only piece of speculation that's been, and we'll talk about another one a little bit later on around Brody Retallick. Uh, but is this what we expect in the first week of the Rugby World Cup? They're, they're just stories and you don't know if they're plotted on purpose yeah. or, or if they are just, um, you know, uh, people have thought them up. But like, what, do you, what do you make of this? Well, working as I do in the media <laughs> over in the UK, but as you do as well, like we're always hunting for stories, right? And we're all sitting around waiting for this first game to start and we can't wait for that to be the case. But in the meantime, what we talk about, what are we going to do? So, <laughs> you know, they'll pick up on anything, whether it's Brody Retallick, whether it's uh, Sonny Bill Williams or, you know, in the real light of day, the story around Rob Howley from, from mm, Wales. You yeah. know, there is news to be had alongside the sport. Yeah. We just hope as sports broadcasters, that's what we're talking about. We hope that it isn't about other stuff off the pitch. And from a Kiwi perspective, we hope Sonny Bill's fit. We hope Brody's fit as and when he's ready. Um, and we can go forward from there. But look, it's the, what the media does, Guy. It's what, it's what we do, mate. It certainly <laughs> is what we do. Yeah. Anyway, Kimberly Downs, whose seat I'm in today, is now in Japan with the rest of the TVNZ and Spark Sport team. She and Scotty Stevenson caught up at the Tokyo Stadium. Let's see what they've been up to. Kia ora, the front row team reporting here from Japan. We're at Tokyo Stadium, the home for the opening ceremony and Friday's opening match between Russia and Japan. Just thought we'd give you a wee look around first before we get into too much of the analysis. Take a look at this grand stadium. Sits 50,000 people. Normally a football stadium, but looking glorious as a rugby ground at the moment. Follow the camera. Not sure if you can see Jenny Mae Clarkson wandering off after one of her uh, Sport Live crosses. Joining me here at the ground... As we swing, as we swing, as we swing. So and don't mind me, as by the magic of television, I suddenly become taller it's than good. Scotty Stevenson. Hey, Kim. That's good view from up here. It's frankly. not bad. It's, it's not, not bad. bad. Yeah. Now, I must say, I am, in my very uncool way, extremely pumped and extremely excited and don't make any bones about hiding it. Why is you, that, why is well, that you uncool? Played, you played a little bit cooler than me, I think. You're very relaxed. No, no, I'm just right, thinking. No, no, I'm just here. I'm just soaking it all up. I'm always excited. I've got a bit of a boots-on, switch-on philosophy in life, <laughs> though. So uh, Friday night, it's all going to happen. I think somewhere up here, we'll be uh, commentating the games with Stephen Donald. Kimberly, you'll be here on the sideline and some special Can't guests joining wait. you as well. Indeed, indeed. Is this public yet? We'll make it public. So yeah. Henry and Kevin Mialamu with me on the sideline. We should probably clear that one past the bosses. That's fine. Anyway, let's get to the important end of things. We've been on the ground nearly 24 hours now. What are your impressions of, of Tokyo, how the city and how the country are embracing rugby at this time? Yeah, well, certainly as you get closer to the venues, you notice that the advertising ramps up. But uh, even having a wander through Shibuya today, which is a famous part of Tokyo, a big touristy spot of Tokyo, you can see all the, the hoardings are up, the buntings are up. So uh, I think once Japan sees their team in action, the Brave Blossoms, of course, opening this tournament against Russia on Friday night, and they'll be heavily favoured to win that one. And by some distance, Russia has not beaten Japan since 2003. So I think that will spark the national interest in this. I think Pockets will appreciate that the Rugby World Cup's on. And as we've seen from the welcoming ceremonies and the team training, Certainly the fans have descended, but getting the nation in behind this tournament, that's going to be the challenge for the organisers. Yes, indeed. How important do you think it is for Japan to rack up, I guess, a really good win against Russia to engage that audience and to make sure that awareness of the game spreads throughout the country? Yeah, I think it's hugely important, and they 
will know that as well. They named their team. Their team was the first to be named today in uh, Japan for this Rugby World Cup. And it's a strong team they've named too, captained by Michael Leach, a very mm -hmm, familiar face to Kiwi fans. And uh, Fumiaki Tanaka, who's familiar to all Highlanders fans and fans of Super Rugby, he's on the bench for this one as well. Shota Horie, one of their best hookers, comes back to the starting job. So they've got a strong team for this game. And, uh, yeah, I think they will be thinking, right, let's take what we learned from South Africa a couple of weeks ago, let's put it on the park. Mm. We will talk more team naming soon as well because as we are speaking, the Springboks team has now been announced. We haven't got the New Zealand one yet as we're recording this, um, but they have named a very strong team. Before we get to the, that, though, I did want to talk through some of, I guess, the, the mind games, you could say, that tend to come up ahead of these sorts of tournaments. There's been a bit of pre-tournament silliness, you could suggest, <laughs> these um, suggestions that Sonny Bill Williams is injured and Nani Lamapi's on the next plane over, um, the, from the Springboks camp that Brody Retallick's actually going to magically be better in time to play the opening match, which is the big one on Saturday night. I guess this is fairly typical of Rugby World Cup events, but doesn't it just give you a sense of, please, let's get into it now? Yeah, it does. I've been thinking that for about two months, actually. <laughs> um, yeah, well, you know, there's a theory in life. I mean, don't report rumours until you have confirmation, and I think there's some egg on the faces of people who said Sonny Bill Williams was somehow on his way home. The fact is, Sonny Bill Williams is a senior player of the side. Once he leaves... He's gone. He can't come back. The All Blacks will give him every opportunity to be fit for the three games that count. The quarterfinal, which they will make, the semi-final if they get that far, and the final. That's when they need Sonny Bill Williams. I'm all for Ngani Lamapi's opportunity, and if it arises, great for him. But Sonny Bill Williams is integral to this team. They've made no bones about that. As for Brodie Retallick, it was a 50-50 proposition heading into this tournament. I can't see him being ready for the Springbok game. I can't see him being risked for the Springbok game. Again, it's game number one. You do not win a World Cup on the opening round of Rugby World Cup. And that's what we do need to remember, isn't it? Because you talk about, remember, we are going to make the quarterfinals. That may sound cocky, it may sound arrogant, but no, there's no way the All Blacks are not making the quarterfinals. As much as you might not think that's the case, given all of the chatter leading up to this big opening game, and it is a blockbuster, let's be honest, against South Africa, who knows what way it's going to go. I think in Rugby World Cups, there are two wins apiece, and obviously of late, it's been very tight between these two teams. The Springboks team, uh, team named today, same team that trampled all over Japan yeah. in the warm-up. Uh, same team except for Sia Khaleesi, the captain, coming back in that played and drew with the All Blacks earlier this year. What do you make of it? Oh, it's massive and it's a power play. I mean, this is a team that has now been together. They had that drawn test, as you said. They rested a lot of players against Argentina for their last home test. They came out here, they played Japan, they played within themselves. I think everyone could see that. And they will come out now very confident knowing they've got that consistency and they've got that momentum against an All Black side that, you know, I think there's been a lot of reports about this, that the Springboks don't fear the All Blacks. They don't. They never have. Uh, and why should they? They're a very good side. And if you look through that South African team, there's very few weaknesses. They are going to play a style that we know, and the All Blacks are going to try and attack them and speed up the game, I suspect. I think the All Blacks would be disappointed if it was weather like this. It is yeah. drizzling here, and I don't know what the latest forecast is for Saturday. Well, they've been practising with water on their balls. So, you <laughs> know, it's not so. quite the baby oil no, that Warren Gatlin's no, got on the Wales rugby balls, Warren but Gatlin's apparently been they've putting, been putting some good old water on. Yeah, so. baby oil on the balls is no good. Um, well, it could be. I don't know. It's up to you guys what you want to do with that. That one was for the social media fans. It was. <laughs> uh, look, yeah, but no, the, the ground's beautiful. Uh, here we are at Tokyo. Of course, that game's at Yokohama. Um, they relayed the pitch about a month ago. We're going to be interested to see how that holds up. But the Springboks going to want to set pieces, slow it down, box kick. That's what Fafta Klerk does well, and that's what Herschel Yankees does well too. Mm. So I can't see any change in the tactics. Everyone knows what both teams will bring. Exactly. Uh, and very quickly, just before we do wrap it up here in Tokyo, at Tokyo Stadium, uh, your pick of the round, or the first weekend, I should say, of play outside of the Springboks? 
All Blacks game. Who are you looking forward to seeing the most? Yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing Australia, Fiji, to be honest. Uh, look, I think Australia need to make a statement in this tournament, and it's a Fiji inside that if you look through their backline, it's inarguably the biggest backline ever put in a Rugby World Cup. I mean, and such athletes as well. Fiji have kind of gone under the radar. We've seen the Samoans and what they were able to produce against Australia just before this tournament began. Uh, we've seen Tonga, unfortunately. They don't have the depth that I think they require to go some way in this tournament, but Fiji are an unknown quantity, and we've seen them in World Cups before, mm. Kimberly. They will be aiming up on this Australian side saying, let's go for it, why not? Mm. Um, for me, I think it's Ireland-Scotland. Keeping, keeping an eye on who we may just face up against when well, it comes to quarter-final time. Japan would love to see Scotland lose that game. They would yeah, love to see absolutely. Ireland lose that game, uh, win that game. And uh, Japan, I know, speaking to people here, a lot of people are writing off Japan's chances, but speaking to people here in Japanese rugby, they know that that last game, mm. Scotland-Japan, Absolutely crucial. crucial. Japan never made a Rugby World Cup quarter-final. I would absolutely love to see it happen personally. Anyway, that is us for now, for this week on the front row. Back to you in the studio. Thank you very much, Kim and Scotty. Good to see them alive and healthy over there in Japan and just excited as we are about this Rugby World Cup. Now, as they mentioned, the All Blacks don't name their team until later today, but the Springboks team is out and here it is for you. It is exactly the same one that drew with the All Blacks in Wellington. Uh, it features the likes of Eben Etzebeth and uh, Franco Mostert in the second row, uh, Faf de Klerk and Andre Pollard. They are the halfback and uh, fly half or first five-eighth respectively. Willie at fullback, it is a very, very strong side, guys. Uh, Christina, what do you make of it? There's really no surprise that they probably have named their strongest team. They have, and I think, like uh, Sumo said, it's about the, they're going on uh, momentum and consistency. And with, I think, uh, may have been one change since the, they drew to the All Blacks, and that's with uh, Khaleesi being injected, mm. and, and obviously he's the captain, so um, and part of the spine. So, oh, sorry, not so much spine. I'm yeah. Yeah, um, but uh, so you've got Flaf de Klerk who is outstanding, uh, Malcolm Marks, and so I think, yeah, we're in for a, a good show. That 5 8, first 5 8 halfback combo mm. for me is possibly the winning and the losing of the game for South sure. Africa. They, yeah. I, I mean, I know that locking combination of Eben Etzebeth and Franco Mostert is very good for them as well, and, and Malcolm Marks, as you mentioned, but. If, if after Klerk is able to run and get that spark that South Africa seems to get sometimes against the All Blacks in recent times anyway, then they're a real threat, aren't they? Yeah, 100% they are. I mean, for a side that are f renowned for their size, and you talk about the second row, the back row, their loose forwards are mm. the measure of any locking pairing around the world. They're enormous men. But interestingly, and you said it yourself, Christina, the most important man is a little shaggy-haired blonde fella <laughs> with number nine on his back. Faf de Klerk is one of the best players in the world. Yeah. And then if he gets good, for, good, good ball and can threaten around the rucks, pulls in defenders, and then you go to Pollard, and then you go to the speed on the wings. If there is a concern from a South African perspective, and we're sort of digging deeper into the squad here, it's their backup at 10. Andre Pollard's world-class, mm -hmm. but Elton Yankees is, I believe, at international level, some distance behind. So... You break down the, the box and you shut down his options and they don't have anywhere else to go. And that's where I feel, if I'm confident from an all-black perspective, it's, it's route one for the South Africans. If you shut Faf de Klerk down, you shut South Africa down. Mm. And I know that that's what the all-blacks would be hoping to do. Well, here's South Africa coach Razi Erasmus. This is what he had to say after naming his squad. And I'm sure as we get into Friday evening, Saturday morning, the nerves will get more. Uh, I guess that they're a little bit more um, used to to building up to matches like this with Steve being there for 16 years, you know, and the same with, with Ian and some really experienced players. Uh, so, so we might be a little bit more nervous to it. So, but yeah, we're enjoying the ride so far. That was Razzie Erasmus talking about the, the, the team naming, but I just want to pick up on something that his assistant coach, Matthew Proudfoot, said mm. during the week. And Kim alluded to it earlier in, in her piece with Scotty. 
uh, this, this, this idea that Brody Retallick is going to play for the All Blacks. And I know the All Blacks haven't named their team yet, but I'm pretty sure we can say right now that Brody Retallick probably won't be fit and won't be playing in this game. And it goes back to what we were talking about earlier, but this seems to me like a, a massive game of cat and mouse trying to get the All Blacks to think about something that they don't need to think about before this big game. Sure, and I think Scotty said it probably best. It's one thing, he may have become fit in the time that we've not seen him. He's been on, on the road. The, the injury may have healed up miraculously. But without any game time, it's more a case of not risking him yeah. because... We're, we are talking, and, and Kim and, and Scotty spoke about it, we're talking about managing a World Cup here. Yeah. We can get it super excited about one game, but it's about October the 13th, 20th, or whatever those weekends are down the line when it's quarter semis and final. Why would you risk arguably New Zealand's most important player in a game that, yes, is huge, but no is not so crucial that we can't afford to rest him and protect him? And, look, let's give our other locking options, Patrick Tupolotu or Scott Barrett, the option to to bolster some experience and see what we've got from a South African I just can't see that, that, that they'd risk him. I think they'd no, be daft. No, absolutely not. And, and Christina, just lastly on, on this game anyway, I will get your predictions at the end of the show, but just lastly on this game, I don't personally think it's necessarily a bad thing if the All Blacks lose. I mean, obviously oh, want them to guys. win. Sorry, I know I the know. country's going to hate me, but <laughs> it's not the end of the world. It's the first game of the World Cup. They are going to get to, as, as Kim said, they're going to get to the quarterfinals. Yeah. We don't need to lose ourselves if, if they don't win this game. Yeah, I don't think it'd be the end of the world. If they were to win, they're probably likely to, to meet um, Scotland in a quarterfinal and England in a semi-final. If they were to lose, they'll probably uh, meet up with yeah. Ireland and Wales. And I don't actually think that's a bad you no. know, match-up. Yeah. Good way to look at it, actually, isn't it? Yeah, there's no obvious... I mean, both of those routes are difficult, yeah. but there's no obvious one you'd really yeah. rather go down. You might argue a Scotland, maybe Japan quarterfinal, but if you're, if you're starting to play with the pieces like that, you're getting ahead of yourself. Yeah, and the All Blacks have enough experience to not do that. Well, mm. I think there's three major ball players here. That's New Zealand, South Africa and England. So if you meet England in the semi... I mean, is it such a bad idea that you meet Ireland and Wales in the quarters and semis? No, I don't think so. And, and there's this, this strong belief, and I think it's a very good one, that you have to genuinely believe you can win the World Cup. Yeah. And yeah. I don't know if Wales 100% think they can win the World Cup. I don't know if Ireland 100% yeah. thinks they can win the World Cup. Australia, I doubt it at the moment. Yeah. Uh, so, I, like you, I think it's really New Zealand, South Africa, yeah. England. Yeah. Might be left with egg on my face. But... Yeah, well, I think that's the way that the odds are shaping up as well. And that's the form. The funny thing from Europe is... You know, Ireland are currently the number one ranked side in the world. Wales were about three weeks ago, but it's actually England who are the form team. Yeah. And that is, that is clear for all to see. You know, Wales are the Six Nations champions, but they've got all this other stuff going on around them at the moment. Um, these are all the, you know, the good stories we're going to get into as the weeks roll, unfold yeah. and we get to see a bit more of the form coming out of these sides. But returning to our game on Saturday night, you know, the All Blacks have got a belief and a knowledge and a history um, within the coaching staff. And, you know, there's two or three guys in that team who are at their third World Cup. Mm. The South Africans don't have that same level of experience. So if New Zealand win and were to say win, uh, not comfortably, but in our tight, tight rivalry, if they were to win reasonably comfortably, that would be a bit of a hammer blow to the box, personal belief, I think. So that might be the one advantage we'd mm. take out of an all-black win, is sort of saying to your, to your old foes, look, we've <laughs> still got your number. Well, it's time to wrap it up. But before we do, uh, James, since you've just finished, we'll start with you. Who wins? This game. Saturday night, All yep. Blacks win this one by four. Christina? Yep, All Blacks. All Blacks are going to win. Less than 12. Yep. See, I don't think the All Blacks are going to win. I think the Springboks are going to win this game. And, and we're the gonna... All Blacks are going to win the tournament. 
go I mean, get I, down I, to be honest with you, I'll take that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, very good. Thank you very Could much. Be draw. Could be a draw. Could be a draw. Could be a draw. That would be an interesting way to start the tournament, wouldn't, wouldn't it, just. for the All Blacks and South Africa? Anyway, thank you very much for joining us, James and Christina. We'll be back next week when the World Cup will well and truly be on its way. Go the All Blacks.